All right, here we are, here we go. Mike is on, things are working. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Thank you everybody for being here. Come on in, come on in, it's all good. Let me see if this works with, uh, with, with the mic. James, how, do you, you hear me without, so I don't need to be my headpiece in? It's good? All right, so today, I just have my air conditioner blowing on now, so you might hear that, and I'm gonna have to shut it off in a little bit. So what I... This is what happens when you work from home and you have these things happening. So today, I wanna to talk about a series of the future of work. And one of the things, this is so interesting. So just, when I look at it with the pandemic, Obviously it was horrible, but a lot of interesting good things came out of it. Now, you may not say this is a great thing that came out of what I tell you about this, but when you go through a near-death experience, and I think we've all kind of been through this, whether we know loved ones, family, friends, acquaintances who may have succumbed to COVID, it, it wakes you up. You realize how, how short life is, how precious life is, how fragile it is. And it really, I think, changes the mindset of people. I, I, I could attribute, in part, this whole great resignation trend that's happening where people are just quitting their jobs because they're saying, hey, I, I don't like what I do. I don't want to keep doing it. I'd rather quit, not have a job, and then just figure out what I want to do next and do something for the next 5, 10, 20 years that I hate. There's so many people who have, both professionally and personally that I speak with, who are trying to reinvent themselves, pivot to new careers. And I think that made it possible of the bad you know, event kind of made this kind of positive thing that we start thinking deeply about what we wanna do with our lives and our work lives. And then I think we're seeing people demand more from the companies that they're working with. After, after a year and a half of remote work, it's pretty obvious remote work works. Look at all these companies that have done phenomenally well during the last year and a half. Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Zoom, you name it. They've been doing great. The stock prices for these companies and in general have been hitting record highs. So it shows that people are productive when they work remote. So now it was like an experiment. Think about it. You know, in companies, you like to test market something. You have a new product, you're going to put it out, you have a focus group, and then you get their feedback. Hey, do you like the taste of it? Is it better, you know, than the taste of what it used to be? Whatever the case may be. What we did unexpectedly is a whole year and a half of a test, a focus group. Does remote work work? And it does. It does without question. So then, then we have to start thinking, if remote worked, what else could we do to make lives better for people? Which is a reasonable question, right? If we show that that works and it broke the tradition of, oh, we've always done it this way. We always done it where you have to get, wake up six in the morning, either drive in in a crowded highway, dealing with road rage, dealing with sucking in all the uh, you know, fume emissions, 
going on a crowded, decrepit bus or train that's always breaking down, taking an hour and a half to go into a big city, an hour and a half to come back, not having a life, right? So these things happen. Hey, James, can you stop typing a little bit? Because the table's rocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, thanks. So like all these things are, you know, are, are starting to make people say, hey, we could do better. We could do something different. Now, one of the things I'm proposing, and I wrote a piece on Forbes about, hey, is nine to five kind of a relic? Is it an antiquated relic that we could put in the dustbin of history? Now, if I said this two years ago, you think, no, of course you have to do nine to five. And then the answer would be, well, why? And you say, well, because that's how it is. Now, doing a little history, I really didn't know why it was you know, this way. But, you know, I, uh, to the best of my knowledge is that Henry Ford, the, um, you know, the founder of Ford Motors, decided for his workers to say, hey, it'll be nine to five, five days a week. Because before that, I think it was just working forever until you drop. It's pretty, it's pretty brutal. You know, if you think we had things bad now, back then it was terrible. So the nine to five, five days a week was like, that was great. That, that was a big improvement for what was going on. So, but then that's good. Fast forward a hundred years later, I think it was in 1926 and we're like, what, 2021, something like that. That's what, almost a hundred years later, if my math is right, hundred years. And we're still doing the same thing. And then also what's crazy is this, you would have people who are, are back then, you didn't have robotics. You know, 1926, you didn't have all these sophisticated robots you know, that you see now that are making cars. No, you had human beings who are robots. And I'm not being cavalier when I say that. You know, they would stand by the assembly built, you know, assembly line, and they would have like their job to like screw something in or take something off or whatever. And they would do that all day long, day in and day out, being on that assembly line all day, and maybe have like, I don't know, 15 minutes for lunch. And that's it. So now we're not on assembly lines, but let's be frank, a lot of the way we work is not so much different. So instead of being on this, you know, in a factory floor, we're in a big skyscraper in a big city, and we're in this cubicle farm with fluorescent lights, um, bad ventilation, either it's too hot, it's too cold, maybe the you know, neighbors are too noisy, and you're, you're chained there, and we say nine to five, but it's not nine to five. Let's be frank, it's not nine to five. You got to, first of all, you got to back in your commuting time, right? So it's an hour and a half or so in the morning, an hour and a half at night. Then you got to factor in, you know, in today's day and age, we're on all the time, you know, whether email, text, phone calls, Zoom calls, it's nonstop. So like when we say nine to five, it's not, it's BS. We're really doing it 24 seven. So I think it's time that we start to push back a little bit and say, wait a minute. Why does it have to be that way? We, we found out that with remote work, it works to work remotely. And I'll be, I'll be very transparent. When I'm working remotely, after 25 years of hiking back and forth to Manhattan, or even when I worked in Manhattan to go and take the trains across town, it wears you out. And you're kind of stuck. At first, working remote at home is very odd, but then, you know what? Hey, maybe in the middle of the day, I'll go to the gym, take a bike ride, run an errand, 
and then I don't mind. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get work done a little later on, but I feel more, I felt more in control of my schedule. I like waking up early. Well, I don't like waking up so early, but the truth of the matter is one of my cats I have two dogs and two cats. And one of my cats, if, if I'm not up at about four 30 or five o'clock, she goes nuts. Oh my God. If you think your alarm clock is loud and annoying, you don't know what it's like to have a cat who has to have her breakfast ready and out there. And not just the breakfast, three different bowls, you know, one chicken, one beef, and one like the kibble kind of thing. So I'm up and I do my writing. Usually I write my articles for Forbes, prepare for the day and go about doing it. So I have a routine going, not necessarily nine to five. During the day, I might say, you know what? Uh, since I'm up and starting like 5.30, again, I'm not doing it because I'm a hustle porn worker holo guy. It's just, since I'm up, I might as well work. But I might want to take a little break, take a walk, walk the dogs, get some fresh air, do a little shopping, whatever the case may be. And there's this feeling, and I imagine you feel it too, where you're more in control of your own life. You could decide how you want to do it. You know, you're not going to most likely, I'd bet you people don't decide, well, I'm going to wake up at such and such and be ready at nine and punch out at five. Maybe you, you like starting earlier and ending earlier. Maybe you start late. A lot of people, most people, I think, I don't know most people, I don't know how, how they do, but I think a lot of people like sleeping late. Like I know my son, he could easily wake up 11, 12 o'clock, but then he'll easily stay up really late at night doing his homework and stuff and doing, you know, preparing for tests and all. So everyone has their own biorhythms. So if you think about it, to, to, to adhere to a hundred year old system in today's day and age makes zero sense. And believe it or not, in the twenties, they didn't have texts, right? They didn't have email, they didn't have Zoom. I'm pretty sure they didn't have Zoom in 1920 something. Maybe they had Morse code and they could, you know, but that's not really conducive to work. So the things that we have now, they didn't have then. So you can do things differently. You can work on the beach. You can work in a nut if you, you live, let's say in New Jersey, you could kind of go and work from a different country somewhere because you could always be connected. Now, why wouldn't companies start being flexible? And I think they will. I think the future of work is enough people have woken up and said, hey, we want more control out of our lives. And I'll give a shout out to like the Gen Zs and a lot of the young millennials because they've seen their parents pump it and, and, get, and, and put in all these hours, give, give their, their life to their company only to be downsized during the 2008, 2009, you know, 2010 financial crisis or to lose their job during COVID and then spend months and months trying to find a new job. Some people never found a new job and had to retire early or just throw in the towel or take a kind of a, a gig role or some other job way beneath you know, where they were. So watching that unfold, they're saying, hey, I'm, I don't want to live that life. That's crazy. That's nuts. I want something different. And the something different is having more control over your, your life and your work. And by having more control, I would suggest this. And this is the interesting part. It's not only good for the workers. It's good for the bosses and the managers and the executives. Now, you might say, Jack, why is that? Why would, if you don't work nine to five, you don't have everybody herded into one place 
at the same, you know, same place, same time. I'll tell you why. Because if you empower people, if you motivate people, if you ask them what you want, what will make you happy, and then you accommodate them, you're going to create one of the most loyal employee workforce space ever, because then they're going to appreciate it. They're going to say, hey, I really appreciate the fact that I have a sick relative to care for, and you allow me to take an afternoon off once a week to go and help that person with, with their uh, treatments. I have young children, and thank you. I really appreciate that I could come in and start working at 10, and no one cares, and everything is fine, and they ask, how's, you know, how's your kids doing in preschool or kindergarten or wherever? Or you have to leave work early or sign out early if you're working at home because you have to pick them up from school, or whatever the case may be. But those little things add up. So if, if you feel that your company cares about you, that they're empathetic, that they're sympathetic, that they're compassionate, you're going to work smarter, better, harder, because you're going to appreciate it. Because you can say, you know what? I can't really ask for much more. They're paying me well. Let's assume they're paying well, right? They're paying well, and they're really listening to me. They're listening to what my needs are, what my wants are. They're not ignoring it. And they're not putting their needs first. They're saying, hey, if this is what you want, if you want to come in at eight, you want to start your day at eight o'clock and leave early, great. If you want to start your day at 10 o'clock and stay to whenever, great. Or maybe you don't have to be that hours. It doesn't have to be the same hours. It could be, let's, let's all right, let's, let's just between us, right? Let's, let's not BS around. Let's, 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 let's say the way it is. Come on, when we're in the office, a lot of time, it's just, it's dumb. It's dumb stuff, right? Think about it. How many times people come in the crack of 930, then they're in, and once they're in the office, they BS with all their buddies. Hey, did you watch the game? Hey, what about this? Hey, and <coughs> then maybe argue a little bit about politics, talk about what dumb TV shows they watched. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, wow, it's 10. I got to get some coffee. So then they go. And if you're in a big office building, the time you go to the elevator, go down, get your Starbucks, come back up, come in. Now it's 11-ish. So now it's 11-ish, and you're going to start <coughs> excuse me, I have, I have allergies. And, uh, and um, then you start thinking, all right, what are we doing for lunch? Are we, where are we going to go out to eat? Where are we going to order from? And then you have that debate for half an hour. Then you go out to eat, you come back. <laughs> and then by 3 o'clock, you know, most people, you know, their biorhythms start waning and going down. And then by 4 o'clock, you're like, Right, you're like, oh, time is it? <laughs> what time is it? 4.02, all right. Yeah, you look at your watch. Okay, it's just 4.01, what time is it? Still 4.01, oh my God. So the last hour of the day, do we, you know, a lot of people don't work. We're just, we're just coasting. We're buying time till the end of the day. And if you think about it, isn't that so silly? We all know we do it. And, and it's not like the bosses and managers and executives don't do it either. We're all in the same boat. So why, why play that game? Dispense with it all and say, hey, if you're able to do your work in four hours, God bless, that's great, you're done, right? Like, why do you have to stay there when you did all you have to do? You put in a great day's, day of work. You feel good about yourself that, hey, I was really productive today. And then you go home, you have a nice rest. You could do, go to the gym, go for a walk, do whatever you like. And you get some life back. And then when you come back the next day to work, you're feeling good. You're feeling well-rested. 
you feel that you were productive at work. And then, you know what? Maybe you went with your wife to a movie or out to eat. Maybe you took your daughter and son to a, a, you know, a soccer game or a t-ball game or a ballet recital. It's like, wow, this is good. And you're going to like your company. You're going to like your managers because like you say, hey, this is a very fair trade-off. I'm working hard. I'm contributing. I'm doing well. I'm feeling fulfilled. And I have a life. So I think for the companies, they're going to benefit. Because if they, if they wake up and realize, hey, if we're chaining people and making them say, you get back to the office, in the office, butts and seats, stay there for at least eight hours a day, but then it, you have to be on call all the time, how are you going to empower them? You're just going to burn them out. And they're going to, you know, half your, half your workforce is going to be looking for another job. And as a recruiter, I'll tell you, that's what happens. They, you know, people generally don't come to me and say, oh, I love my job. It's great. They're treating me awesome. Can I get a new job? That doesn't happen. It's the opposite. Most of them would say, hey, you know what? Here's what they're doing. This is what they're doing to me. And this doesn't seem fair right. And I can't take it anymore. I'm going to leave. But when they're treated well, it's hard. Like if I try to recruit somebody out of a company and the company treats them well, pays them well, treats them fairly, takes care of them, it is hard. Even if I, even if I have a job that offers way more money, they're like, Jack, you know what? They're paying more money. It's not worth the aggravation. It's not worth the agita. I, they're treating me well. I'm well appreciated. I'm well respected. I'm going to stay. So it does work. See, there's this perverse logic. They think, hey, it's us first them at times. But a lot of times it's not. It's what coincides together. And I think in this issue, and I think all these issues, remote work, five-hour work days, four-day work weeks, flexible schedules, disbanding the nine to five. I think by doing all these things, both the companies and the individual workers will benefit because the workers, as I mentioned before, could be happy, motivated, which they're going to work harder because they're appreciated. And then the company see the benefit of it. Now, you might say, Jack, what the hell do you know? And, and you're right. You know, I'm just one guy who's trying to analyze these facts, but I could point to for the last year and a half, not to be redundant, how well all these companies did. So it does show that it works, that when you trust your employees and you don't herd them in all together at one place and you allow them to work remotely and you empower them and you give them responsibilities and you give them the tools to do what they to do and you don't micromanage it, they perform well. And the proof is in the pudding. Now, it'd be different. It would be a whole different conversation if we look at the stock market and the stock prices of these companies and they just fell like a rock and dropping fast and revenues plummeted and everything is terrible. Well, then it didn't work, but just the opposite. So we have something that worked really well. Why in the world would you change it up? Why would you say, hey, this works well. So if that worked well, let's look at you know, disbanding this old relic antiquated nine to five. Let's look at the hybrid work schedule that a lot of people are doing. Let's look at staggered hours, shortened work weeks. And these are the things that, I'll, that, that make people happy. And then even if it doesn't happen now, I'll leave you with this thought too. As I alluded to before with the Gen Zs and the young millennials, they saw everything that their parents went through and, 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 and it wasn't pretty. And it's a wake up call. So as they start rising in the ranks, the odds are they're going to say, hey, let's do away with these things. Let's, let's put in these different policies 
that make, make it better. I'll give you an example. I was writing today uh, for another article in Forbes about companies who are giving a week off. Basically saying, hey, we went through an ordeal. There's a lot of mental health issues, a lot of people who are suffering <coughs> emotionally, physically. There's burnout, you're worn out, you're tired. They're saying, hey, we're just closing shop for a week. I'm talking about LinkedIn, Bumble, some other companies, Hootsuite, just shut down. And the reason they're doing it collectively is because you don't have that pressure. Okay, you're giving me a week off, but everyone else is in, so I'm gonna feel guilty, I'm gonna still work. So by having everybody off, well, I imagine they have like a skeleton crew, but how, you know, most everyone off, you don't have that pressure to dial in to be, and you could just disengage. These are the things that are gonna start coming. This is, in my opinion, the future of work, these trends. Now, I'm not naive in that they're gonna happen overnight, but I do see because of the way things are going, the attitudes have changed, the way people wanna work, how they can work. I, as I mentioned, the younger generation, Gen Z's millennials are very different than the Gen X like myself or baby boomers. You know, it was so ingrained in us, you know, that you have to get up early, schlep into a big city, get a good job, you know, get a certain profession, you know, come back, you don't need a life. That's not, you know, you just work, work, work and make money, that's it. They're different. And that, you're gonna see it one way or another, it's gonna change whether now or when they take charge. So I would imagine, and I would suggest for the executives who are listening to this, who are progressive and forward thinking. When I say progressive, not, not politically progressive, but just in terms of business and thinking outside the box and moving forward, the ones who adopt these changes that are gonna make it better, better working conditions for workers, those companies succeed because they're gonna attract and retain the best talent. And the ones who don't, the ones who are gonna be old fashioned, like, nope, it has to be this way, nine to five in the office, I don't care. When you have attitude, when you have options, you can say, okay, that's what you want. That's fine for you. I'm not doing it. I'm going to get, now I'm going to be part of that great resignation. And I'm going to spend most of my day looking for jobs, speaking to recruiters, sending out my resumes because you don't care about me. So I don't care about you. I'm moving on. So the ones who are going to be adamant and it has to be this way, you have to be in an office at a certain time and you can't leave to a certain time. Otherwise you're in trouble or maybe even fired. You're going to be later. Goodbye. I'm out of here because there are alternatives, because the smarter companies, the progressive companies, the forward-thinking companies, they're gonna kind of say, hmm, we could siphon off the best talent, those knuckleheads on the other side, they don't know what they're doing. They're making a huge miscalculation, a bad decision, and they're gonna lose the best people and we'll take them. So you'll see the companies that embrace these policies and procedures and changes are gonna be the winners. So I hope this helps. I know. Listen, let's, let's be frank. Some of these things, you know, will they work? Will they not work? I'm not sure. But I think it's important to have these conversations because that's how you make change. You know, you have to bring it out. You have to talk about it. You have to share these ideas. Even if people might laugh at it and think they're dumb or think they'll never be implemented, that's okay because you got to start somewhere. And I think by having these conversations and talking about it, that it opens people's eyes and they start saying, wait a minute. Yeah, why don't we do this? Why do I have to go in the office at nine o'clock when I have to bring my kids to school and take them home from school? Why can't I work remote or have some sort of schedule? And I think the more people who bring it up to their managers and bosses, the more people talk about it, you're gonna see real change. Because this whole post-pandemic world, I don't know how you feel about it, but it just feels different. 
it feels that like we're on the heels of something new and different and unique. And it, it gives us license to kind of just be like change. Think about it. Like would we have been talking about cryptocurrency so much for last year, NFTs, meme stocks, Wall Street bets. There's so much that all of a sudden it's like everything is all open. But we, you know, we're sending people up to the, you know, it, we're sending out gazillionaires up in space and rockets. Elon Musk is going to colonize Mars. I mean, think how wild it is. We take things for granted, but there's huge changes. And, and, and the way we work is going to be one of them. So thank you very much for watching and listening. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your support. And I'm sorry, I know with a lot of other LinkedIn lives, there's a lot of interaction. Um, for me personally, I find it hard to do. So I don't mean to be rude because I have my train of thought and what I want to do. And it's hard. I get, uh, maybe it's the ADHD in me that I'll get really distracted with, <laughs> with the comments and I come back. So it's easier just to chat. And then, and I could hit you up separately or you could hit me up separately, ask the questions. I'll get back to you. You know, let me know on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, and this is Jack Kelly, CEO, founder of Recruiter and the Compliance Search Group and senior contributor for Forbes. I hope uh, you found this interesting, somewhat entertaining, informative, and thank you very much for watching. Have a great day. Bye.